I'm Stephen Jack Butella. And I'm Jill DeWitt, and this is the Land Academy Show. This is episode number 1960. Today, we are talking about a couple of topics. Number one, stuff they don't teach you in high school about creating equity. Remember, you had to carry a little egg around so you wouldn't get pregnant? I That's actually beneficial. I never had to do that. I remember everybody doing, why did, how did I miss that class? I don't know. I tell you, I don't know what happened, or I don't know, maybe they thought, Jill, you're not going to go there anyway, so you don't need an egg. Yeah, there's a bunch of reasons you need an egg more than a lot of people. Thanks. We'll talk about that in a minute. Should have carried around a checkbook, and they, <laughs> that's what they should have been monitoring, which is what we're going to yeah, talk about. that's right. That's true. How to bounce a checkbook. Jill, you're, it's not supposed to save all your money, spend it on one concert, and start <laughs> over again. That's what I did. And number two, uh, why Land Academy has stood the test of time? We get this question all the time in our staff, and so we decided to address it on the show here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. There's a lot of things that I, it's going to be. Did you do the egg thing? I, I didn't ha- I do it personally because I didn't take home economics. Oh, uh, so I took it in, it in middle school. That was the same as me then, because mm-hmm. I did that and I loved it. I saw. You remember we had like a little kitchen. Yep. You had like five little kitchens or four kitchens around the room, and you would maybe make brownies and maybe. Ovens. Yep. So maybe we had a full size oven. You had a little one. We did a budget. You know, oh. we did. We actually did a budget with the. Uh, we, you know, back then it was way before computers, so everything was a printout. You had to fill in how much money you made every week. And okay, so I clearly I didn't pay attention to that. You know what I focused my energy on? <laughs> Social which was stuff. Know how to write a check. <laughs> Not how to balance, but how to actually oh write and fill out a check. I can tell this is going to be an interesting uh, topic for Joe. <laughs> Thanks. Each week on the show, we answer questions from our Land Academy member Discord forum. We review land acquisitions from our uh, two land-related, uh, I'm sorry, from our weekly uh, member webinars. And then we take a deep dive uh, into land-related topics by popular request. If you want a sneak peek of our Discord forum, and I would highly recommend this, go to landacademy.com. It's free, and it's in read-only format. All of our members are in there talking to each other. What should I do here? Should I do this deal? You can take a look at all of it. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if you have some questions that you want us to answer or you want to be listened to here on this uh, podcast or you just want to get involved in our community to find out more, all you got to do is simply text us at 480-530-7383. We read all the tests, and your question just might be here, as I mentioned. Okay, so here's our first question today. Michael wrote, Hi, everyone. My wife, Kristen, and I, uh, Kristen and I, is, so is it, are now starting our, is it John or Michael? Maybe John. Oh, okay. I don't know. Let's back up. John wrote, my wife, Kristen, and I are now just starting our land investment career. We would like to do this uh, as a permanent business starting soon. I am an HVAC slash R contractor, and that has been in commercial and industrial sector of this industry for 34 years. Wow. My wife has been in the education industry for many years as well. I would love to hang up the tools, literally, within these next three years to pursue land investment full-time. My current business will be funding the land investment business until it gets off the ground. We live in Montana and are three years away from becoming empty nesters. We'll be moving back to the beach somewhere, 
maybe Florida. I don't know. We are originally from Huntington Beach, California. Ah, very close to me. You know that. Beach life is in our blood. Boy, I get that. We are excited to start this new journey, be part of this community. Thanks for having us. Sweet. So this okay. is just a, a nice comment. There's not really a question here. Well, I, I chose this because you are already in business. Yeah. You are my favorite type of new land investor uh, because I think what you need to learn is less than half. Less than half of what everybody else in the, on the planet needs to learn. You've, you already know how to you probably got payroll. You uh, understand what it's like to get paid last in your own business. There's a, just a ton of tiny little things that we all take for granted for, our, for ourselves for running a business. And so what you need to do is learn how to buy our land below its current value. Which you're going to learn if you it. haven't already. That's all you have to learn. You don't have to learn about, oh, geez, I need payroll. I've got to start an LLC. I've got, what if I need this employee over here? How to deal with a partner, especially if you're married to her. Taxes. All of that stuff. You've got that licked. Mm-hmm. You know, what you need to do is just focus on buying and selling land. And getting the kids out of the house. Yeah. It's <laughs> helpful for every reason. Totally. And move. Moving helps, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's good. Today's first topic. Stuff they didn't teach you in high school about creating equity. But I'm learning now after talking to Jill that she has a lot more to say about what she didn't or did learn in high school. So we'll get to equity in a second. What would you change? What do you think they should have taught you? Or do you think it's you? Probably me. (laughs) I wasn't signing up for the correct courses. (laughs) Like what? Art appreciation? Business. No, I should have signed up for business. I didn't sign a, up for any of that. How, that how to be a Depeche funny? Mode groupie, Joe, to, oh, yeah. to I, teach that class. Well, I love math. I love physics. I did that. I was half enjoying French, even though we didn't take any great field trips. That would have been more worthwhile if we went to France, but no. My French experience was like, you know, selling French candy for, you know, whatever. And I, which I was the president of the French club. That's a great idea. <laughs> you know, Jill and I, in real life here, have assigned ourselves these uh, educational-type roles. We don't mm. need to do this. We didn't need to do this back in the 2015 when we started all this craziness. But for whatever reason, we assigned ourselves this this instruction-type role. So I think about this a lot. I'm like, you know, if I went back to high school or even just talked to uh, somebody who writes curriculum for high school now, what would I say? And geez, how about a class called... Sales 101. Right. How about how to have a dynamic personality after you take, uh, you know, the stainless steel spike out of your nose? How about that class? What is that? Just you're not going to get what you want in life if you're running around all goth. You're just not. Oh, I, and I'm not, I don't have anything against that. I didn't have anything in my nose. You know, I know you didn't. Okay. This isn't just about you. I thought you were directing it at me. I'm like, <laughs> I wasn't. Okay. So... No, I just think, you know, how to have a dynamic person, like a, a, a one-on-one Dale Carnegie course, how to win friends and get people. Like, right, that would that be would fantastic. Right, You know, even in psychology, they didn't really teach that. Right. They taught, like, what you just, you know, you know what it is? It's almost like they teach you enough to pass the test, like a lot of things in life, like a real estate exam. When you really think about it, if you study, if you ever took the exam, because we have, if you took the courses, right, um, to take the real estate exam, Probably every state we did it for Arizona. It's like they teach you what you need to know for the exam, not always real life. And I want to pause for just a moment and just, I want to tell you, give you some context of why this topic came up today. We're driving around in these uh, Midwest uh, states and we're looking at 
these people and looking at their homes and, and you know what, and they have nice lives there. You can tell, you know, we were driving around, um, Northern, uh, Minnesota yesterday and <laughs> what? No. So geography, geography is not one of the things that Jill took either in high school. Is that not where we are? No, we're in Wisconsin. Oh, excuse me. Don't it. <laughs> Sorry, fill in the blank. Let me go back to Midwest. We're driving around fill in the blank state. Anyway, my point is, I'm like, okay, look at these homes. Look at the pride of ownership. Look at everybody's cars. Look at how chill people are. Look at how, I mean, they're just really well. And what's interesting, everybody has a really, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be very, um, uh, I'm trying to state some facts here my and my observation too and i don't really know i'm not trying to offend anyone there's so many people here you know what heck i'll give you my hometown there's so many people in my hometown uh garden grove california that have just settled in to very nice very stable very consistent no surprises and accepting life well said and if they have a hiccup in their financial plan they will either take out another job i've seen i've seen them go get a different degree to to increase their earnings at a job i've but stay at this job by the way they don't take a lot of chances i've even seen them um you know and i some of this i just kind of see from my friends and facebook and stuff like taking roommates or something so they're creative in those ways so that's really good but they don't blow it out of the box they don't really take some chances they don't really i feel like like wow do these people not know how smart they're and what's possible and then i think for you and i start talking about well maybe the ball was dropped in high school so jill and i you know we watched a family in a very small town right out of a postcard farming community in northern wisconsin pack up their car with their uh, kids you know with smiles on their face i don't know where they were going probably to the park or something like that mm -hmm. and and uh I, I was just struck with two thoughts, really, but this is what Jill's getting at. Yes, that's great. They're happy and they figured it all out uh, and, they're, and they're raising a family. Congratulations. It's wonderful. But do they know, this is the second thought that I had, do they know that you can create equity while you're doing that? You know, True. That, how many people would be creating equity for themselves to kind of uh, raise their quality of life up if they want that? Mm -hmm. How many people know that that's possible or, or even an option? That's the tragedy of what, you know, they didn't teach you that in high school. No. They, should, they should tell you. And it's, accounting, it's an accounting concept that I'm trying to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave accounting out of this. You can create equity. You know, the, the easiest way to describe creating equity, and this is how most people do it, is when you make your mortgage payment, part of that is principal pay down. You know, you go, you buy a $300,000 house and uh, you make a whatever, a $2,000 payment. I'm usually using round numbers. A certain percentage of that is interest for you know their for the privilege of borrowing money, and a certain percent of that is pr principal. And so, in a two thousand dollar payment at the beginning of the loan, like nineteen hundred dollars of it is interest. So you're, every month you're paying a little bit more principal. First a hundred, hundred and twenty-five, hundred. So you're you're creating equity by paying that off. And at the end, at the end of the, let's say it's a 15 year or 30 year loan, at the end it's the reverse. So it's a kind of a an X on a graph. Way more interest up front, way and way small amount of principal, way more principal as you go on, and a lot less interest at the end of the loan. And so 
that's equity creation. But if you start uh, like our HVAC contractor here um, at the beginning of the of the episode is creating business equity for himself by taking on uh, fixing HVAC contracts. Mm-hmm. So, and if he does twenty a week, he makes uh, he's creating more equity for himself. Uh, he's making more money than he's spending, and so you're, he's putting it away. And and, I, and maybe he's get a second location. Maybe he hires a bunch of guys. That's more equity. So creating equity should be part. If it, sh- it should be the sentence should be this: If you want to get ahead in life and really change your lifestyle, if you don't, I'm, nobody's criticized. That's what Joe was so careful about earlier. If you don't want to change your life and everything's great, mm-hmm. you know, there's other podcasts. But if you want to create, really change your life and create some equity for yourself and create some wealth, there's real incredible ways to do it. The HVAC contractor way is just the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then let's let's do, there's a ton of stuff in between. Let's talk about what Elon Musk does and did. He created uh, a car company. Let's, he did a bunch of stuff before that that nobody knows about. But he created Tesla. It almost There's a documentary about it. Almost bankrupted him because he was just out of money. He spent all the money that he personally had, but he took the company public. So he created a, an amazing amount of equity for himself by taking that company public and raising uh, raising equity is, is what he did in capital so that he can go build a company freely with investors like you and I, if you own Tesla stock. So I wish there was a whole course on creating equity, even if you don't, if you don't like it, if you're just like ah, making a ton of money is just not something that I've been interested in. I've, I've had those conversations. Jack, I'm 19. I'm a freshman in college. I know this needs to happen. What would you tell me to do? I would find a, now it's different than if you were 19 when we were 19. I mean, now. Now, I would say, go out on the internet and find your community of, and I don't mean, um, you know. Well, that's easy. I'm in a baseball, uh, or like I'm in a football sports league, fantasy league. Does that mean community? You're not going to create any equity there. And and I don't mean, you know, different types of cannabis. You're not going to get any further from anything there. You need to understand and look at everything in a spreadsheet about buying something and selling it for more you can do that or buying something and improving it and selling it for more or uh just there's a lot of different ways to to create equity and i think that finding your community about other people who want to create equity or and following somebody who's actually done it would be really 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 helpful maybe it's cars you know it's even like i've heard of a lot of you know people doing this finding like they know how to do cars they know how to work on cars and 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 create equity there they know how to buy them cheap fix them up to run and sell them maybe it's at an auction maybe you just find them on craigslist i don't know maybe even something like that just to build up some money and then you can keep start making different decisions there's basic concepts out there like this mm-hmm. you know find something where the sum of its parts is worth more than all the parts separate a television is a great example there's tons and tons of parts that go into a TV. They're all visualize them on a workbench somewhere. Somebody puts them all together. And now you've got a functioning, great brand new TV. That TV is worth more than all the parts on, on the workbench that I were like separate. This. And so that's uh, 
one way to create equity is to put stuff together, like build, rebuild a car. I wouldn't recommend rebuilding cars. It's a lot of work. And, but if you're really into it and understand it, that's great. Maybe you can write software and I wouldn't, uh, I think there's a, a ridiculous amount of opportunity writing software for other people in the mm -hmm. beginning. Not, I see a lot of people in that industry try to start to finish, write some type of software. And by the time they're done, it's obsolete. Right. But contract yourself out if you're good at that and that comes natural to people who need it, who need a little subsection of whatever they're developing. This Whether, is good. Then you don't, doesn't matter if it succeeds or fails, you created some equity for yourself and maybe branded your name along the way, which is great. I like this. This is good. Whatever sings to you. What sung to me uh, in the beginning was representing people when they're buying and selling nursing homes and taking a fee out of that, although you're not really creating, it's just a fee. You're just creating dollars. What's sung to me, and it's in my ebook. If you go to landacademy.com and download the ebook, it's all free. Uh, I bought a piece of property on the internet for eight or I don't remember the exact number, six or eight thousand dollars, and then re I never saw it. It was a piece of land in northern Arizona, and then repackaged it all up and resold it on the same venue and on eBay. Uh, you know, thirty days later, for two or three times what I what I paid for it, just because I presented it differently, and that was it. I. I from that, I remember the exact moment that is having that thought, that light bulb moment. All I have to do is spend my entire life buying and selling, uh, locating land that's undervalued and repackaging it or putting it through a different scenario and on the south side. I did it all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was a W-2 person working hard for somebody else. And all I was doing was helping getting planes off the ground on time and seats filled. That's it. That was like, I, and, but I was all the while watching and seeing those other people in real estate get rich. I didn't know, I didn't have the A to, you know, G part, you know, or whatever. I didn't have any so, of the parts until you came along. You know, Jill, maybe you were that person that needed that equity class in I high school. Definitely you, I'm sure you would respond class. to that. Shucks. You're a total math person. I know you. Yeah. You know, I would have jumped in. And, it know, wasn't Jill's offered. Jill's an airplane pilot. She's very technical when it comes to a lot of this stuff, and I think that would have sunk to you. Totally. You know, in high school, maybe how about the class is called How to Get Rich? I would have gone to that class. How to Get Rich Eventually. You know, I wouldn't have gone to that class. I'll be honest. Back then, I wasn't into it. Wow. I was. It's dumb. I would have been the teaching assistant. I know. Class. I was like, I would have been, you know what, I, you know what class I would have gone to? how to pass high school and only put in 5% of effort. <laughs> That's the class I would have gone to because I was really just more interested in going out and having fun and being well, on the beach. So sorry. That's yeah. truth. But, and then later, you know, things change. And then later on, I'm like, oh, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Learning about World War II is really not that useful in life. It's interesting as hell for me. It is anyway. Actually, it's interesting now. I didn't care about it when I was 19. The whole thing in high school needs to change. It does. Really, I'm serious. It's like it it's needs not to be... setting up for life sometimes. Yeah. That's very true. There's, a, It's almost like that stuff should have been done at middle school. You know, it's almost like, okay, then there's college. And I like to think college sets you up for life. Maybe we should take it back a step. Let's stop some of this minutia, whatever, at middle school. And, and let's give four years of life skills that would be my high school i'm just not sure that you need to study shakespeare at all it's at 17 yep you know and i used to think otherwise i used to think you know that's what being educated is you can kind of quote things and you're aware of it and all that but i think 
Yeah. You don't need to know anything more about Shakespeare except that the guy wrote a bunch of stuff and, uh, you know, he's English and I'll, you, you can take that how you want. And uh, he's got a lot of stories that people replicate even now in the movies. Thank you. Next chapter. Move on. Yep. <laughs> Hitler was bad. Next chapter. Yep. Here's how to run. Here's here's what you need to know about getting married. You should have a class on marriage. This is what it really means when you get married and legally. Exactly. <laughs> Let's take a look at one of our favorite land acquisitions from our weekly Thursday member webinar. This deal, Richmond County, North Carolina, accepted offer price, $220,000. Thinks we could sell it for $600,000. Neighbor scoop. Slash parcel fest says 80 acres, but it's actually 65. Okay. So. Uh-oh. I know. Um, front road. We have the, I see the front road. There's access there and there. We don't know. It's Depending, that could be a highway. highway one. one. So everyone's alive. Parcel in the center needs to be addressed. Would it, assumed it would be included. The seller happens to be a real estate agent, but it's not on the market. Not sure it's a red flag. Not necessarily. Sometimes I've talked to agents, they just collect property for whatever reason. You know, my initial thought is, did you check the flood and I missed it? Yeah, and there's no flood issue. Okay. This was deforested. I'm actually okay with this. I like it. Who does own the property in the middle? See, this is deforestation. Uh-huh. When's it dated? That was 18 though, 2018. So that's four years ago. That's great. I really wonder what it looks like now. Yeah. Well, we'll know as soon as Sam gets a... A photographer out there on Tuesday. Uh-oh. Yeah, I don't like that. Well, subdivide, owner financing. That's probably been up for years. Well, I'll tell you, I love the deal until we got to this. You know what? I love everything about it. I really like it. I just want to know what the price is. Me too. And I'm, you know, even real estate agents sell properties for weird reasons at different prices because like, I have to get off my books. 185000 sold. 1.2 million sold for how many acres? Oh, yeah, how big? 244. What's the biggest? Can you go 50 to 100? 1.17 1. for 131. Here There's 50 for 210, but they had a price cut mm -hmm. of a lot. Jeez, Again, a half. A price cut of $385,000. Yeah. There's something so, There's something going on with this deal. I have looked at um, a handful of deal funding deals this week that were areas that I wouldn't be playing in because the days on market are too high. Really? Yep. And I think it was just a, a, a simple little, didn't know how to do it, or it was skipped the red, yellow, green test. Because mm -hmm. the red, yellow, green test would have smoked that out. FYI. Talk to this guy too. If this is commercial property uh -huh. like this, this is a good sign. So I wouldn't kick this to, cur to the curb at all. Right. Whatever you find out, you can go back to the, uh, to the person, to the seller and say, this is what I found out. This is what the property's worth. But you probably already know that because right. you tried to sell it for 16 years. Right. And then the, and then with an agent, right. Cause they know what it's worth. The, for me, when I talk to them, my bottom line is this is all I'm willing to pay. It's a whole different, it's yeah. a different conversation. That's right. That's right. Like, I don't care what you think it's worth. You know, yeah. I, none of that matters to me. How That's long right. you had it, this and that, like, look, I'm prepared to give you X. If it works great. If it doesn't, I wish you all the best. You, you yes. are always in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. 
period. I'm telling you, she was not like this when we uh, first started doing this. She was like, we got to make these deals work. Every single one of them. I did. Now she's kind of like got her little finger stuck up to everybody. No, and unless no, it's like that no, situation. Land, land snob. Like the, that situation. You should be a land, right you should be a land this, snob. Right, right before this one, you know, with that infill lot. Yeah. That's $16,000. It's like, it's got to be that kind of deal. Or we're just not going to do it. Yeah. And then you won't fail. So you got to find out. If this is that kind of deal, we don't know. We don't have enough information to know if this is a good price or not. Right. The agents will tell you. I am so excited to share that not only is today my birthday, by the way, oh, as this geez. is airing, as this is airing, it's on my birthday. Jeez, Jill. Yay. But more importantly, there is an amazing uh, special going on. If you are thinking of joining Land Academy, I have two announcements. One is go to landacademy.com. And check out the special we have going on right now. It ends after this weekend. That's number one. If you saw me live on July 3rd, uh, then you know about the details. But it's also on the website. You could also go to uh, Facebook and YouTube and all kinds of places and see the replays of the video. So that's there for you too. My second announcement is Career Path is officially um, open for the public. First as always, our members get first uh, dibs. So they've had a month to lock in their spots for career path number seven and eight, which are coming up this fall. What's career path? It's an eight week program. It's a highest level of coaching taught directly by Jack and I. It is very personalized. It is very intense. And it's designed for those of you who want to make this your career. This is it for you. So check that out too on landacademy.com. If you go under programs, you'll find more information, dates, schedule, all that good stuff, how to apply, how to schedule a call to get your questions answered, all of that um, there on our website. Let's take another question posted by one of our members on the Land Academy Discord online community. Again, if you want a sneak peek of that, go to landacademy.com. All right, Jack wrote, I have a seller that wants to sell two acres. We offered him five grand, but the alive is the issue. We have six A's. One of them is alive. Like, is the person alive and able to sell? We're about to figure out what's going on here. The property was in his was his grandfather's, who is now deceased. The property is willed to his mother and his sister. Uh oh. His mother, father, and his mother's sister all passed away oh, over twenty years ago. But does he have some estranged, but he does have some estranged cousins. This is hilarious. Okay, I have a lot to stay here. I know. I'm Let gonna, me go. I'm going to zip it. Yeah. Okay. He does have some estranged cousins from his mother's sister that he doesn't even know where they live. He's been paying the taxes on the property for the last 20 years. I assume the fact that he has cousins can make the transfer problematic. Is there any advice I can offer to help him out or just tell him to call if he figures it out? <laughs> I like that. That's good. <laughs> call me when you have something to sell. I've done that. <laughs> totally done that. So let me go back. What you need to know is this, and I'll read those comments here mm. in a minute. What you need to know is this, Jack. Get your hands on that deed. The most recent deed, which is called the vesting deed. If it's JTROS, which is Joint Tenants with Rights of Survivorship, if there's anything on there that would, you know, mom and whoever, and then what, because what that means is whoever's on that deed, say there's four people, three people, two people, one, well, there's usually two or more. There's two or more people or entities listed on a joint tenant's deed. If it's joint tenants with rights of survivorship, 
when anybody else passes on, then it's automatically transferred into the surviving person or entity's uh, possession name, if whatever you want to call it. Normally, the counties will just require you show proof of that that person passed on, like an original death certificate, no questions asked, and that would do at the time of transfer. Nothing needs to happen before then. Um, so then anything other than that, you could have problems. All kinds of things mean, yeah, there's errors and this and that. There's all kinds of things that could happen. Like tenants in common, that scares the poop out of me. That really does mean it's going to be aired and aired and aired and aired and aired until everybody, you know, airs down to the um, surviving members. Um, so did I just cover the comments? You don't even need me to say them. Yeah. Okay, got it. So anyway, that's that's what that means. So get your hands on that and then figure it out. And then and then the last thing is I won't I won't kick it to the curb. Um if it's a really really great deal, it's too easy for you even to pick up the phone, have one if you're not sure, right? We're not sure about these situations and you think there's still something there. Gosh, just call a local attorney. If better yet, if you if he there was an attorney that handled you know grandpa's estate and the guy still has that information, then I would call that person to say, hey, did you know about this property? What do you think? Is there a possibility you can get this done? You know, and if you don't have that, just a local attorney um, where the property is and see if they can get it done and just find out. What, and they'll tell you, you know, it could be a probably a five minute conversation. And they'll say, yeah, it can be done or it can't be done. Or here's what's involved. Here's how long it will take. And here's what it will cost. And then you make a decision. You, the first thing you want to do in these situations, if you buy and sell land a lot, you, you have stories and stories about this topic. Oh, if, yeah. if you're just getting into it, please don't blow this off because it's going to happen. It's going to be part oh, of your yeah. life. This is important. It happens all the time. It's not infrequently. It happens. <laughs> first thing you do that I do in these situations is you look at the value. So you they're going to buy it for 5000 Is it worth 50000 Is it worth 500000 Because if it's worth $500,000, all those trickling heirs that may be out there might have some interest in it. That too. If you're going to make twenty grand, they probably don't care, especially if they're going to divide by 14 or something like that. So it has to be dramatically worth your time from a number standpoint. Here's also something to absolutely retain this no matter who you are. It's not, this business with wills doesn't apply to real estate. I know it doesn't make any sense. It's People certain, think it's automatic. It, 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 wills are huge. Uh, they are uh, incredibly relevant for personal property. Like a like a Cars, grandma's ring. Rings. A watch. Artwork. Art. Yeah, things you don't record at the county. Right. Real estate, it, everybody wants to know whose name it is because you don't want to break the chain of the title. So if you put real estate as part of your estate planning into a trust, no chain break. Everybody That's knows true. exactly what's happening. It's all spelled out in the trust. But if grandpa says, I own this property over here and I will it to my uh, daughter or my granddaughter, that's not going to convey at the time of death. There's a bunch of stuff you have to go through from an estate standpoint. And, and if it doesn't happen, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's a 20-year mess. You brought up something good. What if it's not JTROS, but it's in the name of a trust? That's going to help you're, you right there, too. Set. So you've got to get your hands on that vesting deed. Yeah. And that's easy. And if they don't have it, they lost it, it's in somebody's safe and nobody knows where it is, get with the county. You know, you you may have access to it already um, with our tools, you know, with DataTree and Title Pro. There's a good chance you already have. You can get it yourself. If not, you can just call the county and get a copy of it. 
And then my last thing, you brought up something funny. You know that, remember that graph? There's this, this graph and there's that graph. So here's what you need to happen with these properties. You need to have the money of the property worth your time to untangle the mess, but not too expensive that all the family members want a piece of it. Yep. Because if it's, because let's say it's a buy for five, sell for, you know, buy for five, sell for 100,000. That's like, okay, I'll untangle this mess, but all the members might want in on it too. Yeah. <laughs> this is funny. Thank you. Today's uh, second topic is called Why Land Academy Has Stood the Test of Time. Why do you think? I'm like listening. <laughs> like, here's the thing. Jill and I have been doing this for a lot of years. You can see all this gray hair. It didn't happen on accident. And I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and we were talking earlier about equity and, you know, finding a community. You need to find the right community uh, where the people that are... The people that are involved in the community and the people, the leaders of the community in general, uh, sing to you that they, in your eyes, have some credibility, some long-term credibility. They're actually uh, putting their money where their mouth is. So uh, not just within, in the land business or flipping real estate business or, or whatever you choose to do to create equity for yourself, please choose something. Please choose some type of equity to create for yourself uh, and some type of community that sits well with you and to create some equity but and choose them carefully not to may i jump in here yeah for sure not to uh insult you jack in any way not possible I'm just kidding but here's my thoughts on why we are here and why we are still here number one we're going on nine years number that's just land academy not as investors do you know how much time we are i just sat and did the math you're going on 25 years you're probably over 25 years because it was in the 90s. Yeah. Being in this, you're definitely over 25 years in this business. Yeah, it's probably 30 years. You know, and so, and then I'm going to go with 25 plus years of being your own boss as yeah. a full-time investor. Yeah. What the heck does that say? Tw oh, you, you know, no, it's not, I've not been, it's not like I just left my corporate job a year ago and I'm like, oh, I got this and I can show you. Oh no. You know, you, you have been doing it for 25 years. Me for uh 14 15 mm -hmm. years i don't remember the math you know over 10 with you as full-time our whole gig you know and again way before land academy that's that's my point here is why why is land academy still here and what's going on because you know why because i'm an investor first yep. i'm doing deals right now with you i'm making mistakes oh trust me i almost made a big one that I'll share. I'll share when it all gets resolved. I almost made $121,000 mistake. <laughs> so, and it could be okay. I'm waiting for it all to, to work itself out. But, uh, you know, you're here and, and we're here and I'm here because this is my business and, and it'll never change, never change ever. And I mean, ever we've, we have weathered, multiple financial ups and downs like not our own personally like market driven stuff yeah. we know how to recover from this sure. stuff that's right and i'm gonna be and you're gonna be this is jack's number one job his job is to be out in front of it all you know ahead of everything ahead of everything on what's coming with market changes what's coming with technology changes what's coming about how we find these properties and and find these sellers and get these offers out I'm behind, I'm right behind him making sure that 
We know how to communicate with these sellers and we're getting the deals done and we're buying them right and we're selling them right and working with those people right. And, you know, all of that, that goes on after that part. So that's how we stood the test of time. It's because this is, we are not, you said that so perfectly earlier. We're not educators first. Trust me. <laughs> we, we, we know we can improve on that and we do the best we can. And, and I think that we provide such a, such good support. I know that cause you tell us that that and we tweak it all the time based on what you tell us so but we are number one investors first and we will not fail and 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 we do everything we can um to make sure you don't fail buying and selling land has been around since this country yep it's been uh got popular with the railroads moving out west in the middle to late uh, 1800s yep. and so there was no internet back then uh, there was barely really a Pony Express post office. So, and people have been buying, successfully buying and selling man, land. When I started this in the early 90s, there's no access to the internet at all. It just got started. It just got became a thing. And certainly there was no application to do this. And so manipulating data and analyzing data has also been around since there's been data. And so we started, the internet's very prevalent now. It's how you do things. It's how everybody does things. So We've done that since way before the internet, and we will do it way, way after that. Whatever tools are available to us, we're going to utilize them. You know, ask yourself, who's older than the internet in this space or in any space for however you want to create equity for yourself, and, and you probably have something there. Mm -hmm. It's standing the test of time. There's True. all kinds of changes that, are, that will happen with technology, and we will change with them. True. But we still will be buying and selling land successfully through that. I love it. Let's take a look at another one of our favorite land acquisitions from our weekly Thursday member webinar. Cook County, Texas, 6.79 acres, 100,000 bucks, offer price proposed sale to 150. Hour and a half from Dallas, which is great. Sits on a hill, great spot for a house. Again, my five second reaction is really positive here. We can value these houses we're going to get the value. Let's just do it right now. Cut to the right to the chase and see if we can get a value for these houses. Best value has nothing to do with what we do right on the same block. Okay. 225 is estimate on a house two doors down. This property is a hundred thousand dollars. This is way overpriced in my opinion. Let's confirm that the house in the immediate area is 225 for larger acreage. So I think it's overpriced, but we'll see. Buy for hundred, sell for 150. I'm okay with that. Me too. You know, like, so what? Well, I'm going to make 50,000. I think that's fine. When it's stuff like this and you, like, when you just know, because we were talking about days on market. Did you guys cover that? You know, we're looking at it now. You just know it's six. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's going to sell because everything in there is selling and you can see it. So. Five acres for 220, uh, 100 days on market, 250 days on market, five for 200. That's the bottom. Five acres is 200,000 bucks. This is six acres for a hundred. That's bad. That DOM I don't right. like. 63 days, 119 days, 119, six, six, a little bit larger acres here. This is all good news so far. This makes me feel really good that they probably got pretty close to, you know what? Look at their creative pricing on the sales side too. We mm -hmm. don't often think about that, but let's get creative when you post it for sale, like you do when you buy it. So 156, 400, that's what they came in with. And then six weeks later, yep. they had it pending and then it sold. But what's funny, and I'm going to probably think it probably was that person. It was probably over the holidays. 
because I never re-listed it at that point. I like it. So I... It's a little bit higher than I'd like it to be. I'd like the price to be around 60 or 70, but I think you will yeah. you will have the cheapest five acre, six acre property. Um, if you do it all on, wrong, on you'll sell it for 140. Yeah. I mean, you're still making a nice chunk of change. That's what I think too. And and as long as, and the, as long as it goes like this, you know, quickly, if you find some other, they're still moving, our house is moving quickly. There's something about this area too that I just don't worry about. There's so much, yeah. um, so many possible buyers that makes it, wonderful i'd buy it i, I would try I to get it i'm trying to get it for 80 even 80 i'd feel better me too because i want more money in your pocket that's really good uh, jill you have something inspirational to share yes it's come to my attention <laughs> <laughs> let's let me let me just let me put this out there as a question then i'll tell you what where, the, where i'm going here <laughs> the, the the what i want to talk about for just a few minutes is What's your land obsession level, and is it okay? Here's why. It has come to my attention. We just had a discussion just this morning, right? This is how it goes. Every morning before we record the podcast, we sit down and come up with our topics together. We take everything that we had going on this week. We look in Discord, see what's going on in our community, and we together come up with, okay, this is, what's, this is obviously a hot topic. We need to talk about this. So today... I don't know where, where this, I just had this little image and I just said, huh? I said, babe, do you think I'm obsessed with land? <laughs> and his answer was, oh, hell yes. I'm like, oh, well, then we need to talk about that because I'm sure I'm not alone. So um, first, I apologize. Oh, I don't I think it's funny. <laughs> okay. But I am obsessed. It's less work that I have to do, actually. There is that. I... I, we all, you've heard me, if you listen to our podcast for a while, you've heard us use this, you know, me being a deal junkie, which I totally am. I'm total deal junkie. I can't stop it. I could turn things off. You can, you're better at turning things on and off, shockingly, than I am. I suck at it. (laughs) And I really suck at toning down my love for buying and selling land. I don't know why. I don't know how I have the energy to keep doing it. I am I am sure so many people are just sick of me um you know talking about this topic, but it's just it's who I am. It's in my blood. You know, I used to drive around with you as a passenger. And you would, because this is our rule, whoever's a passenger has to do the phone stuff, right? Not the driver. So, you know, you would say, hey, what are what are the values around here? Oh boy, have the tables churned. So on the long haul drives, Jack is our driver. But in the round town and the little nitty gritty things, I am the driver. And I am, I am more probably driving you nuts when I say, how much did the house sell for? How much did that no, sell? No. What's that listed for? It's What's in my that? soul too. Okay, good. But I do have an obsession for it. So my my point today is, if you have the same, um, what's the word I'm looking for, um, condition <laughs> that I do, you know, um, know it, acknowledge it. That's the first step to recovery. <laughs> Jeez. What? This is hilarious. I know. Uh, and, and maybe apologize to your family if they're not. I'm very lucky. Could you imagine if he was like 
didn't into this at all, this would be hard. And I'm sure some of you have spouses and partners that are not into this at all. And you're just like, what do you hear what I bought? And they're like, oh God, here we go again. So maybe, maybe take a temperature check, make sure that they're on the same page. If you're, and if you're a little too obsessed, maybe even ask them if they think you're obsessed and then maybe tone it down or maybe set some rules or maybe give them a little bit of a break. So we even have to take breaks now and then there's times that he doesn't want me talking about stuff. So that's my point. When you do, when you're doing something that you don't need to do, you know, it's not, um, for the, geez, for your family, uh, or the betterment of yourself or, you know, food, shelter, water. It's not, you've, all those things have been taken care of and money. When you're doing something, Joel, do you know how much money we've made so far by selling land this year? It's, it's nope. July. I have to look it up. Neither do I. It's in a spreadsheet. So why are you doing another deal? Because I can't Because she's obsessed. That's correct. <laughs> and so when you are doing things that you don't need to do, and you're not even not even really doing it for money, you're just doing it because you're on autopilot and that's what you do. Right. You got to ask yourself some questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. I know you it. You know, do I really need this, this last drink, which will end up being not the last drink tonight, but maybe the third from last drink well i'm gonna argue mine's a healthier habit i'm talking to myself oh okay sorry (laughs) that might be an obsession or it might be some type of unhealthy thing going on there all right there's a lot of other things that you can apply to this but i can just apply a number from one to ten you know how obsessed you are with land what do you think i can tell you what my number is oh your number for you or your your number for me no i don't want i'm not going to give you a number i want you to give yourself a number and i'll give myself a number okay okay my number on a one to ten of my obsession level with land is probably an eight that's about right okay i think i'm a four but i used to be an eight i understand and i was an eight forever probably long uh, before we joined forces and maybe a nine it's just i had to do it and and a lot of it was to accumulate to get that to that equity point that i thought we should all get at uh, get to and and I've kind of stepped off a little bit and she hasn't. Can I give you two reasons I st- why? I started earlier, yeah. I just I have two reasons why that I'm so into it right now and then I will stop at this co- topic. One is I flip and love it. This gets me high every day. I'm very mm-hmm. happy doing land deals. I love looking at land deals. This is so flipping fun for me. And number two, a lot, and I mean more than 60% of the deals that I'm doing are other people's deals and I'm helping them by funding their deals and that's another reason why i love it that's healthy because i am helping them by being the bank and then they won't need my help anymore you know so that's not about you Mm -mm. and i think that's fantastic Mm -hmm. that's really healthy thank you very much jack you've got something you want to share today yeah so i we we are in one uh coming in on a month here uh, being on the road in the rv of maybe four or five months this entire summer to get out of phoenix because it's so hot and i'm noticing that there are five, approximately five types of RVers out there. Uh, and, and I started to yesterday think about it and I, I, how I would relate that to land investors or just general business people. Number one, you got your tent people. They're usually in a minivan. They're usually uh, with children. It's just on the weekend because everybody's working full time and the kids right now are out of school. So it's a popular thing. Everybody's got a smile on their face. Nobody took a shower. All having a blast. Super healthy. No real goal to ever get an RV. They're in a tent and they're having fun. It's awesome. Number two, you're overlanders, over-equipped, usually have a beard, 30-something guys, maybe maybe early 40s. Uh, you know, what about women? Very particular about, there's women involved. Oh, one okay. second. Very particular about 
the type of coffee they drink, love craft beer. Uh, and here's the thing about overlanders, because if you're in an RV park like us and you come across an overlander, they're posers because they're supposed to be overlanding. They bought all this equipment. They're supposed to be out in the middle of nowhere and have, you know, being by themselves, enjoying nature and, and doing whatever they do. So if you were to come across an overlander, they're a poser. I hope you get the idea now because there's a lot of posers in business. Over-equipped posers with, uh, you see them on sun, Selling Sunset or Selling, whatever those shows are. Oh, yeah, yeah. Selling Orange County. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what, good. That's I think actually, Selling Sunset is a show. They're real estate agents. Yeah, yeah. Th- those types of people are real estate agents. They don't really know anything and they're just getting in the way and, and uh, no. just like overlanders. You're right. Number three. <laughs> 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 the wrong overlanders. <laughs> the real overlanders you never see. That's right. Number three, you're, you got your class C people. And uh, I know this from personal experience because Jill and I last year were class C people. Yes, we were. They're uh, younger, uh, you know, in their 50s maybe, have, maybe have a little more time on their hand. Maybe some of them uh, can work from uh, like the situation, can work remote. Uh, in an art. Yeah, remote. Maybe they have their own companies. Um, and they're deciding if they like RVing or not. Uh, so they're they're buying a, a relatively inexpensive RV or they're in, or they're renting one and they're trying to and they're usually couples and they're going through probably marital hell because one person wants to be there one person doesn't and they um, one person always does all the talking and the other person just stands there and so and there's no you, room in there nowhere you, to go yeah. hide and the attrition rate in a class C RV is pretty high <laughs> yeah. so you won't see them next year <laughs> then you got your my personal favorite your Tra- your trailer people they're the uh mm, travel trailer travel trailer people my personal favorite yeah usually there's a guy involved he's maybe in his 40s uh maybe in his early 50s he's got children uh and his wife's all into it they, they have been trailer they were travel trailer people when they were kids mm-hmm. and so they can fix anything they're they hauling all kinds fire. of toys they got the things you know 800 square feet. They have a garage in the back. The kids have, all have helmets. ATVs. No one's taking a shower in days and they don't care. Right. And they cook their, their food out on a fire. Yeah. And, and so those my, I've never seen travel trailer people that are dug in like that, that aren't just amazing, cool. fun, and people you want to hang out with. True. And finally, you got your class A people, which is us. <laughs> these classes don't mean social, you know, socioeconomic status. It's just the freaking size of the rig. The rig. And so the class A people are usually usually a lot older, way older than us. Uh, they're interested in taking a shower every single day and eating good food and, and having, um, you know, high-end cocktails. And, it, and uh, they can be <laughs> annoying as hell. They can be really uppity looking down at, at your nose and the whole thing. So there's if you apply those five types of personalities and those five types of uh, people, those RV people, to investors or people in business... You get you can start you can start to think about who you want to hang out with. It's good. You know the class A of real estate investors are you know they don't have time for you. They're they're <laughs> That's the true. they're you know I've achieved all, all of this and I'm amazing and you're not and uh, and yeah. go away. You know the class C people are like yeah I've done a bunch of stuff but you know I'm just not sure if I want to go to the next level. The travel trailer people are who you want. Mm-hmm. They're the people that own the HVAC, HVAC companies. Uh, maybe have a jet if you would never know it and they don't care to even talk about it. You just want to hang out with them. Mm-hmm. The tent people, they're your W-2 employees. They're probably not going to ever own anything, but they're happy. That's it. I was going to add though. 
that Please leaves your overlanders. Don't judge Please. a book by its cover, though, because we are we are in a what we roll around in and who we are are two different things. Yeah, judge a book by its cover. <laughs> You're usually right, not all the time. <laughs> Never mind. You are hilarious. Just stay away from the posers. All right. And the overlanders. Okay. <laughs> hey, by the way, don't forget you can reach us for questions and help simply by texting four eight zero five three zero seventy three. 83. Join us next Wednesday for another interesting episode. You are not alone in your real estate ambition. We, we are Jack, Jack and Jill. Jill. Information and inspiration to buy undervalued property. <laughs>